0: Hello and welcome to the Luke Miller Podcast. I'm glad that you're able to join me today. On this week's episode, we're taking a look in Luke chapter 15, verses 4 through 7, at a metaphor that Jesus uses throughout his teachings, which is that of him being a shepherd and us being the sheep and we're going to take a deeper look into the story of the lost sheep and what it means for us not only in our lives but also how we can minister to others in our neighborhoods and communities where we serve i'm looking forward to it i hope you are too so get your bibles turn to luke chapter 15 and let's dive in Today we find ourselves in Luke chapter fifteen, and as I mentioned, uh, we are taking a look at a, a story or a parable that Jesus tells, which is one that you've probably heard before. Uh, and, and more importantly, why we're looking at this is this is among the many metaphors used throughout the Bible to describe God's relationship with His people. But the most common one is what we find here. There's there's many different metaphors used, but the one of Jesus being the shepherd. And us being his sheep, and that relationship between God and His people is one that uh, I think it's worth us examining. And this is kind of a a one week podcast series. Next week we're jumping into a, a whole series on on prayer, and I'm looking forward to that. But but let's take a look at this. Right, we take a look at the fact that. Christ is calling us uh, sheep uh, in, in so many passages. Uh, there are many c- creatures to which Christians are often compared in the Bible, but it's because they naturally flock together. Sheep are very social creatures. They enjoy living in groups. Uh, maybe it's because of how worrisome they can be when we start to examine why the sheep would be used in, in this metaphor. Uh, and and you look at how worrisome sheep can be Um uh, Anything can frighten them. Uh, a thunderstorm can throw them into a panic. Or maybe it's the relationship with their shepherd. Sheep are able to identify human faces and voices and remember them for years. They won't just follow anyone. But they will hear and they will obey the voice of the shepherd. Or maybe it's Jesus is using this because of the sheep's tendency to wander that makes them a worthy comparison. This seems like a a whole lot of parallels that we can have, and there's a whole lot of reasons why Jesus may have wanted to use sheep and shepherd as that metaphor, but I think as we take a look at the story of the lost sheep, maybe all of those fit into different parts of our life, Uh, and maybe one is more prevalent now. Maybe it's frightening. Uh, we, we, We were being frightened easily like sheep, or maybe it is that relationship that we have with the shepherd that we need to examine a little bit more. So, as we take a look at this, Jesus was sitting probably in the synagogue preaching God's word, and as usual, a crowd started forming around him. But Jesus not only drew decent folks and respectable citizens, but he brought in Tax collectors, there were prostitutes, there were thieves, and there were notorious sinners. They were drawn to Jesus like a magnet. And as if on cue, the Pharisees start grumbling. How dare he socialize with such sinners, Uh, they said. And in response, Jesus told them this short story about the lost lamb. And uh, as we read it here, we see if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now, with all as with all of his parables, Jesus in, invents a story to illustrate some sort of spiritual truth. Uh, Jesus understood the power of a simple story, and stories are capable of building a bridge from one heart to another truth, uh, and and allows us to really see it in a different point of view. I mean, and this is a small little parable. We're only in verses four through seven here. But as we ponder this, I think there's some important things with this story of this little lost lamb that we can use in our own lives. Now, I had talked about the fact that that sheep know their shepherd's voice. And it's absolutely true. When you look at the fact that Uh, I mean, from our time in Israel, you would see still shepherds out in the fields and you would just see no matter where they walk, the sheep were following their shepherd. Or if he called, he would also, uh, they would run to him or they would go to wherever he was going. And it's true, they would wander off. And there'd always be three or four that were far behind. There'd be three or four right at the front, hugging his legs. And there'd be uh, all the rest kind of scattered about. And I think that alone is a good metaphor kind of to, to when we look at church and what that looks like. And we look at our own neighborhoods. There are people who are very close to Jesus. And, uh, and yet there are people who are on the outskirts kind of asking questions about who is this Jesus? Uh, What does it mean to be a Christ follower? Uh, and so, there's something unique that I think we can take away from this right at the beginning. So, sheep have a tendency to wander. Sheep nibble on on grass, and when it finishes, they look for the next piece of grass. That's kind of the life of a sheep. It's, it doesn't sound too bad. But here we find a sheep that nibbled its way a little too far from the flock, and and. The Bible says, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. it's coming from right from Isaiah chapter 53. And something happens the longer a sheep is away from the shepherd. So the sheep had wandered off. And as I was looking at this, I started reading a few short stories. And and one of the things that I, I came across, this true story of about 10, 15 years ago, there was this sheep uh, that had wandered off, in had been gone, thought to be dead, uh, and it turns out it was finally found about six years later, and had been living and hiding out in in a cave <laughs> for for six years, and during this time, the the sheep's fleece had grown because uh, no one had had shaved it down, and his fleece weighed sixty pounds. Now, most sheep, um, this is a bit of an agriculture lesson while we do this, most sheep, uh, their fleece weighs just under 10 pounds. But for six years, the sheep had carried six times the regular weight of a normal fleece. To put that in perspective, that is enough to make 20 full men's suits. <laughs> and so, simply because he was away from the shepherd. Now, we're all not that different from sheep in our all sorts of ways, as I said from the beginning, but I really believe the longer we are away from our shepherd and the farther we get from his, the farther we get away from his past, the more weight we are going to accumulate in our lives, uh, a weight that we don't have to bear. We aren't weighed down by wool. We are burdened by, with baggage in our, in our lives. And, we don't have to be, and that's really one of the messages that we have here. But I love this picture of the further that—the longer we are away from the shepherd, the more baggage we find ourselves, find ourselves carrying. And that can come in all sorts of—that baggage can come in all sorts of forms, whether it is guilt, whether it is uh, discouragement, whether it's weariness, whether it is grief uh, uh, or doubt or loneliness or fear— uh, and I think one of the heaviest pieces of baggage of all is hatred and pride and jealousy and anger and selfishness. Pretty soon, when you start to add those things up, you're carrying around a lot more luggage than you're allowed to take on the plane, if you will. And I know this for a fact. After we traveled to, I was in Dallas this past week, and And Sarah found out that because we were flying southwest and it was our first time that you were allowed two full cases of luggage. Now, that doesn't mean any weight you can imagine. But I was a little more scared at the fact that uh, one piece of luggage went that was just empty. Because she knew we were going to go to Magnolia. Right. And... Uh, which which is, I think, the Disneyland of decor, if you will. Uh, and when you go there, there are shops and all these little shops. And what starts with one little shop, I'm just going to grab this little thing. After you've been to 20 different shops, that just that one little thing is a lot more than one little thing. So I, I very much learned probably the hard way. In our own lives, that can be exhausting, right? When we think of... Hatred and pride and jealousy and selfishness and anger building up in our own lives. That's, I think, why we marvel at the words of Christ, which says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, you pair that with the parable that we have today on that idea of carrying that extra baggage and and that sheep that was lost. All of a sudden, we find that this message in Matthew chapter 11 that says, I'll take that off of you, I will give you rest, I will take away that weariness that those burdens that you have for the sheep that sixty pound burden was removed, as also the shepherd comes and removes it. Jesus offers the same for us to bear the burdens that we were never meant to carry. He does so because he loves you, and the second similarity between us i, or I that is the second similarity between us and the lost lamb in this story. Yes, the lamb was lost, but also the lamb was loved. Because the shepherd loved that one lost sheep, he left the 99 other sheep and set out in search of the one that was lost. That's what love does. Uh, and and I think that's a challenge for us, understanding that, yes, I love church, but I also have to leave church and go back to my neighborhood, or go—and for you, it may be going to your workplace or going to your school, but there's this realization that are there people that you love that you would leave everything so that they could know Jesus? Now, if you answer, yes, there's definitely people in my life that I love that I would—that I want to introduce them to Jesus, we then find ourselves in the place of taking that passage of, for God so loved the world. And now there's that challenge of, okay, well, maybe it's not something just specific, one specific person that I'm called to love and go after. That, that, that one lost sheep in, in this metaphor is actually a world that doesn't know Jesus. Uh, Jesus once described his purpose for coming into the world like this. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that was lost. Even though it sounds cliche, it's important for us to understand that Jesus loves us. You're the apple of his eye uh, and and as we take a look at this, Jesus entered the world to search out your soul. He chose the nails and the cross to win your heart. Love compelled him to look for what was lost. Logic says, stay with the 99. It's only one sheep that is gone. And for you Star Trek fans out there, Mr. Spock would, to quote Mr. Spock, he would say, The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one. But that's what logic says. Love says otherwise. He could have had a thousand sheep or a million sheep, and Jesus still would have gone after the one. That's what love does. Jesus doesn't love planets or or populations. He loves people. He doesn't love multitudes. He loves men and women. St. Augustine put it, he loves each one of us as if there was only one of us. So like us, the sheep in the Jesus story was not just lost, but loved. And and that love was conveyed both in action and in words. Now, the last thing that we, we see here that happens to the sheep is when the shepherd found that lost sheep, he didn't scold the sheep. He didn't take it and whip it and drive it back to the flock. Rather, he brought it in. He celebrated and he rejoiced over this homecoming. Taking another look at the, that key part in this, this parable. And when he found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the case, the point of the parable wasn't apparent from the beginning. Jesus states plainly, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and have not strayed away. Jesus doesn't make this point and move on. He wanted his listeners to underline it in the teaching that they were writing down, that they were hearing. For us, it is underlining it in our Bibles, highlighting it, bolding it, whatever you want. He ends up telling two more tales immediately following this one. Each has a very similar plot. Uh, And and next was the parable about the woman who had ten silver coins and lost one. She weeps, and when she finds it, she celebrates. Then there was the parable of the lost son, The prodigal son, as we know, who wastes his inheritance on living, but he comes to his senses and returns home, and his father throws a party. We can probably relate, can't we? Maybe you've never been a lost sheep, a lost piece of silver, or a lost son, but how many times have you lost your keys? I know I daily do this. In fact, if, if you ask anybody around the office where my keys are, they could tell you. The keys to my office are in my office door because that way I can't lock myself out of my office. <laughs> and, and yes, it is that bad. But I mean, we lose the keys. You go home, you lose the remote. Uh, thank goodness for find my phone now that it will beep where my phone is. I'm a master at retracing my steps and, and searching for, for where I have been in order to find that which is lost. When you finally find the thing, you're actually excited, aren't you? When you have been searching for the remote, you've now got a brand new remote for your TV sitting in your Amazon, uh, your Amazon shopping cart. And you're ready to buy it, and you find the remote. And there is a, a moment of excitement, isn't there? Finally, I found it. Uh, I mean, you probably don't feel like throwing a party, unless maybe it is Super Bowl Sunday, but Jesus says, in the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. He says this in verse 10. Have you ever wondered what makes heaven happy? <laughs> I think you have a picture of this right here. Uh, in, uh, in one of his books, Max Lucado writes, why do Jesus and his angels rejoice over one repenting sinner? They can see some like, can they see something that we can't? Do they know something that we don't? And the answer is absolutely. They know what heaven holds. They've seen the table. They've heard the music. They can't wait to see your face when you arrive. They've been in the splendor of the king. So when you hear about angels rejoicing and what causes heaven to rejoice, you understand why this parable is so pivotal to understanding that. Is that these angels rejoice because they know what heaven is like. They've been in the glory of God, and they know one more person will be in the glory of God as well. And that is that motivation that we move forward with as we go from here. Understanding that there is rejoicing, but that also gives us an urgency in the mission that each and every one of us has. God's work will be complete. Uh, and, and there's that challenge again, if you uh, 1 John chapter 3, 2 says, We have not not been shown what will be in the future, but we know when Christ comes again, we will be like him. Of all the blessings of heaven, one of the greatest uh, will be you. And, and understanding that gives us that motivation to act with urgency. And, and our prayer today is that you will worship uh, God with joy. Yes, you will hear God's word and how it speaks to you and have joy in that. But you will take that joy and the joy that the shepherd had when one lost sheep was found and you take that and you can apply it to your lives. So, so as we finish here, I think it's, easy, it's maybe safe to say that maybe being compared to a sheep isn't that bad. Being lost is no fun, but being loved and, and, and looked for and searched for makes it all worth it. And even Jesus was known as the Lamb of God. And who wouldn't want to be known, wouldn't want to be like Jesus? So as we go from here, yes, we understand that that sheep, if not looked after, carry baggage and they carry extra weight when they're not with their shepherd. And the further they are away from the shepherd, the more baggage they end up carrying. So today, maybe it's that challenge to how do we I become closer to the shepherd? What in my life do I need do to become closer to God. And and I hope as we start to explore prayer, that will answer even one of the key questions that, that we're asking here. As we say, well, talking with God, having an active prayer life is probably one of the great starts to that. I'm going to leave it there before I jump into our next series. I'm looking forward to next week and the weeks to come as we take a look at prayer. I hope you are too. But until then, I will say take care Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Luke Miller Podcast, part of Sunrise Digital Ministries at Sunrise Community Church in Fair Oaks, California. If you're wanting to know more about our digital ministries, you can download our app at the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, where you'll find Backshed Bible Study, Sunday Sermons, and the Luke Miller Podcast. If you've got questions about who Jesus is or what it means to be a Christ follower, we would love to connect with you. And you can send us a note at www.sunrise.church welcome and we'll get you connected. Thanks again for joining us. Take care.